Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership Podcast. Real inspiration for real innovators. If you're looking for innovation and leadership transformation, your journey starts now. Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bourne. I want to welcome you to season four of the podcast. And hey, guess what? My new book is out, Set It on Fire, The Art of Innovation. So go check that out at setitonfire.co. My guest this week is Callie Murray. Callie spent her 20s building The Big Fake Wedding. It's a quirky experiential marketing company allowing brides and grooms to see wedding vendors in action. She sold The Big Fake Wedding in 2016 and has helped dozens of their organizations by word of mouth marketing. So she now is uh, with Same Page HR, which we're going to talk about today. What I'm really excited about on her journey is that we're going to talk about her founding experience with both of these companies. So welcome to the podcast, Callie. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. So let's talk a little bit about Big Fake Wedding. You and I had a a conversation um, at another time, and I just found it so fascinating, your founding story. So I'd love for you to jump in and share that with us. Yeah. Okay. So I was uh, newlywed, fresh out of college, doing wedding photography kind of on the side and was trying to figure out how to grow my wedding photography business. So this was, I mean, 2008 maybe, and blogs were a big deal. Wedding magazines were a big deal. And so I was thinking about advertising. You know, should I take out an ad? Um, How do I grow? Uh, But I thought back to how I was getting business, and it was all through word of mouth and people seeing me in action. So it would be a bridesmaid at a wedding I photographed or a DJ that I would connect with, um, or it would be photos that I would take that I would post on Facebook, which was the big deal back then. Um, And so I had this kind of crazy idea one day of like, maybe I will just plan a fake wedding and photograph it. And um, that, you know, I could invite a bunch of engaged couples to come attend the wedding and that will give me more business. So uh, my husband actually was away at boot camp. I had all this time on my hands and I planned a fake wedding. I um, talked to wedding vendor friends of mine and they got excited about it. Um, went to a place called Opera in Atlanta, which is like an old 20s opera house. That's yep. you know, dance club, but um, a beautiful wedding venue. And yeah, we planned this fake wedding. Um, we had about 300 people show up as wedding guests. And we had a couple renew their vows. So they were the bride and groom. You know, a wedding dress vendor did all the dresses. A cake vendor did the cake, DJ, all of that. Um, And it was, I mean, it was one of my favorite nights ever. Like it was a total blast. And um, at that point, even still, I was thinking, this is just a party to launch my photography business. And a lady from the radio station came and she was like, Callie, you've got a million dollar idea. This is a business. Wow. You're crazy. It's a party. And um, after that first event, people asked, when's the next one? When do you come to my city? Um, And it kind of, I mean, you hear people say I accidentally started a business and that's what happened. It was an intentional idea, but accidentally became a business. Wow. Well, and that's, so I want to like zoom out on that because- that is such a phenomenal idea. I'm like, who thinks to throw a big fake wedding? And random aside, my husband used to um, lead security teams at Opera for like 10 years. He was their head of security. So he probably knows about this. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially in the time frame of when it was. Um, that was his past life. 
But, you know, it's just interesting to hear that, um, first of all, people were willing to come do this. I mean, I know we do like there's all kinds of like wedding venue and, and things like that that people come to. Um, but this feels different than that because you actually put on a wedding. Um, it feels a little different than when people come to like a venue to uh, like I, I don't even know what to call them. But when brides go through that whole experience where you're right. tasting cake and like what is that called? Yeah, a bridal show. Yeah. So it's it was way different than that. Yeah. So the thought was, um, I mean, how do you experience wedding vendors in action? So it was I, I, like a DJ got to literally DJ a dance party and they could hear him on a mic and see it in action. Um, and even photography. It's like you got to see the photographer move around and then see the photos afterwards from this event you got to witness. So that was kind of the thought. And it came from, you know, just my past experience of like, I got weddings because I people saw me in action. So now let me just like supercharge it a bit. Well, and I wonder too, like when you, um, how many of these did you end up putting on in a year? Like this became a thing, right? Yeah. So it became a thing. I mean, it was my 20s was fake weddings. And so we, um, yeah, I had that first one in whatever that was, 2008. And then the next year we did three. And so they were in, what, in California, Florida, and Georgia. Wow. Uh, and then we kind of doubled from there. So I think the most we got up to was maybe 30 a year. And it was all over the country. We had a whole team of people who made a living off fake weddings. I kind of like to tell entrepreneurs, like, I'm telling you anything's possible. <laughs> like, we, we all made a living, like a legitimate salary off of fake weddings. And it was a wild business. I mean, we you hear the stress of planning a wedding. But imagine planning a wedding where you're asking vendors to pay you. You're not paying them. Um, all of the guests think it's about them. The vendors all think it's about them because it is, you know? And so then we would find the actual couple would be a local couple who would renew their vows. And we would say, it's not about you. <laughs> it's about everybody else in this room. So it was a, um, I mean, yeah, we learned a ton, had, I mean, we got to be on the Today Show and we had like celebrities come and some of the like flashiest, most fun things. But then we also had the horror stories of it rained or the bride got sick or whatever it might be. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm like, I'm just thinking about how stressful a wedding day is. And it's like you said, you replicated that 30 times in a year. Um, what was that like for you? I mean, how quickly did that lead to burnout? Like that, I'm, I'm just thinking like planning one wedding in a year would stress me out. 30 is so intense. Yeah, good question. So, you know, there were a couple of things going on at once. There was, um, I, you know, doing the big fake wedding, which was also me learning how to run a business. Um, it was also the, your 20s when I'm learning how to just be a professional in the world and who am I and all of that. Um, and then I had my family. So in that time period, we had three little girls. Uh, my husband was in the military, so we moved around. And... So I think when I was stressed about things, I almost didn't know what to attribute it to. You know, is it is it this job? Is it I'm a new mom? Is it my husband's gone? Um, and so I would say it was a very stressful stretch of my life, but it also was like the source of so many highs, you know, mm-hmm. it was, um, yeah, like I said, we had these like really shiny moments where I would go like, oh my gosh, that just worked or macy's just sponsored us or what you know like whatever it might be um so yeah burnout was like 
huh, I hate to say it almost became this like constant state of being. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, that was kind of the truth. And it was a combination of work and family and figuring myself out. Wow. And I mean, in your 20s, that's that's a hard time to be dealing with so many different things. I, I'd love to know when you look back on that time, what would you say were like, hey, these were my top two things that I enjoyed about that time. And here were two things that I just didn't enjoy about that time and probably will never return to. Yeah, great question. Um, I mean, I loved figuring stuff out. So I loved the idea of like, okay, how do we go into a new city and like get to know this city? And um, and even weird things like, uh, you know, we had vendors a couple years in were like, hey, when I show up to the event, I don't know what to do. And so we got to go, oh, we need a whole check-in table and a process. And we built this vendor playbook. And like, I loved the figuring things out. That was a blast. Um, I think I also loved just the excitement people had. I mean, from wedding vendors to media that got involved, that was always fun. Like, I I like hear it from you even. And I'm like, oh, man, I missed that. That was so fun. (laughs) Um, and, And then there was like this missional component that was fun to me where we would have a bride and groom renew their vows. And for 15 minutes, all these engaged couples that are inundated in wedding planning, I mean, partially from me, um, got to think about their marriage for a minute. And I mean, almost every time people would cry and that was sweet, you know, like think about what you're committing to. Things I would like to never do again. Um, I think that I made the business my identity uh, in a lot of ways. And so you know, we would send a survey out after every event. And if somebody was upset about something, I took it as they were upset at me. Yeah. This was when we had a team of 10 people and, you know, and I wasn't even at an event. It was still like, well, I should have known better. I don't know. I just, if at some point the big fake wedding was very much synonymous with me um, and that was hard. Um, And then, I mean, events are hard. I know people do it for a living their whole career, but events are hard. Yeah. They, they are. And it's it's a lot of adrenaline. Mm-hmm. And then a, a gen- adrenaline crash when it's over. And so doing that 30 times, I would imagine that, yeah, that can burn out your, even your adrenals because you're constantly having that high and then that low. And that's a tough place to live. Um, so let's talk about like when you came to the end of all that and you said, it's time to do something a little bit different. Like it's time to um, change change lanes, change gears. What was that like? Yes. Okay. So I have a business mentor who has just been a a gift for so many years. So I'm sitting with her one day at a little like bookstore coffee shop. And I say, Shannon, I don't know if I can do this forever. I guess I was seven years into it. And she goes, Callie, it's fake weddings. Like, of course, you're not going to do it forever. This isn't like a legacy business you leave to generations. And she's like, you're going to sell it. And she gets up, walks into the bookstore, and she buys a book called Built to Sell. And I would recommend it to any business owner at any point in your journey. And it's this really fun book you can read in about a day. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I read it and was like, you're right. Like, just because I think I'm done with it doesn't mean this business has to end. And um, using a lot of the principles in that book, I kind of revamped the way we looked at our, the way we do operations, um, made sure our finances look good. Um, and then I actually pitched to some big companies. Like I got to go up to New York and pitch to The Knot, which was a big wedding company. Um, 
got pretty far into due diligence. And then they kind of said, eh, not right now. And in the meantime, I was burning out hard. And it was our third baby. We moved to Florida while my husband's in bomb school. And it's like, I was losing steam. So I feel like I put everything into like, let's go out in this beautiful exit. Mm -hmm. I honestly got to where I was like ready to just burn it to the ground. Yeah. And so um, an amazing couple that I knew, um, I was kind of talking to them about like, I think I just want to be done. And they were like, well, we want to do it. And we kind of talked through what it would all mean. And they ended up buying the business from me. And um, it was such a gift because she got to, I mean, the team knew her and it was this beautiful transition. She kind of kept the heart of it. Um, And that was in 2016. And it was, I mean, the highs and there were highs and lows there of like, I was so glad it was getting to go on. I, um, I mean, the weirdest feeling was like getting rid of my email. Like, all right, yeah. forwarded it to you, you know? Yeah. I unfollowed it on Instagram for a while because I felt like I needed to not know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I would say those that first year, I almost, I kind of felt like a failure of, mm-hmm. I could paint a beautiful story of this exit and like whatever, but like, I felt like I was done with it. And yeah. Um, and then the, as the years went on, I feel like I could feel more and more grateful for the business, the way it ended, all of that. But, yeah. No one talks about this. I mean, I, I was talking to a friend of mine a couple of months ago, and she did a big tech exit, um, made millions of dollars off of it. And she's like, and then I laid on my couch for a year. <laughs> like, I was tired. I was burned out. I burned out my adrenals. Um, she's like, but I also kind of went into a depression. And when you're used to running something and being the face of it and owning it to now you're all of a sudden separated from it, that's a really detaching but also very odd and and weird feeling. And you almost, like you said, when your identity is also attached to that, that causes something, kind of breaks something in you for a period of time. Oh, for sure. Um, a big gift in that season was an organization called Plywood People in Atlanta, and they are a nonprofit. They support social enterprise companies, so some for-profit, some non. Um, and I had been involved with them. They had helped me as an entrepreneur. I got to be on their board for a while, and they actually brought me on uh, as their community manager afterwards. And so what, I, what it meant was I got to meet with entrepreneurs all the time. And then I got to work for Jeff, the founder, who's an entrepreneur. And it was so healing to get to just be around entrepreneurs and be like, oh, you feel that too. Or like, I know that feeling. And um, that was, I did that for two years after selling the big fake wedding. And it was like, like I said, just such a healing gift. Well, and I'm sure that you had so much that you could pour into them and things that you wish someone had told you that you were able to tell them. And that's, and that's such a big deal. And I do think there's something in what you're saying of like, you don't have to go start another business right away, but pour yourself into something. So you're not just, you know, uh, wasting all this, all this um, effort and energy rest. Yes. But then find a mission and it doesn't have to be immediately going and starting another company. And I I really love that. Um, But eventually you did get back involved in projects. You did find something that you were super passionate about. Yeah. So after Plywood People, I just did some marketing work um, w- for a couple of years. And then a client and friend of mine, Matt Tanner, he is a HR guy. 
uh, worked at King of Pops in Atlanta and then MailChimp. Um, he had this great idea for a fractional HR business and they would offer HR to small businesses like the Big Fake Wedding. Um, and I think because of my entrepreneurial story, I was like, I get this. I needed it. This is genius. Um, he just was kind of looking for a partner in it. And um, I loved, like I said, I loved the business concept, but I loved the idea of doing it with a partner mm-hmm. and to just really intentionally start this business, not accidentally start it. And so joined him maybe a year and a half ago. So fairly recently as kind of co-founder of Same Page HR. And it has been so different. I mean, obviously fake weddings and HR, different <laughs> industries. Um but even just our approach to business has been drastically different. And um, I know I'm only a year and a half in, so I'm still on the adrenaline of it a bit. But um, I feel like we've just approached it in a much healthier way. And um, I'm excited for that pace of life. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's interesting, too, just to hear you you know, talk about what it means to have a partner in starting a business. And I do think there's such a better balance or there can be when you start that way um, so that you don't have to carry all the weight yourself. I mean, there's something about being able to shift that weight. It's the same, you know, in a household. Um, There was a period of time in my life where I was a single mom and, you know, got remarried later, but like the weight of being a single mom and the weight of co-parenting is completely different. (laughs) And, um, you know, not having anyone to shift that weight to in a business can be really, really hard. I mean, that's a hard thing when there's there's no shoulders to put the weight on. But when there's other shoulders to put the weight on, it actually, I feel, and I could be wrong, but I feel like sometimes that enables us to just um, go on longer. Like it, it just creates a, a bit of a longevity because there's someone to share the weight with. And it's it's yeah. weighty being an entrepreneur. Totally. And at Big Fake Wedding, I have great team members and some who... Um, you know, you hear that, like, think like an owner. Like, I feel like they did think like an owner, but at some point they can leave. And at some point, like, they did leave. And yeah. um, and I know that's the same with partners, too. Like, you can end a partnership, but there is just a difference in a in a partner relationship. And, um, and the, like you said, like, kind of that weight of responsibility and ownership. So talk a little bit about just lessons learned from Big Fake Wedding, from... Uh, what you're doing today, just across the board, um, gosh, if, you know, for all of our entrepreneurs out there that are listening, what would you say are just a few things that you just feel are just overarching takeaways from both seasons? Yeah. Okay. So I'll give you some nitty gritty ones and then some kind of fluffier ones, but uh, nitty gritty. When I started Big Fake Wedding, like I said, kind of accidental, I kind of just grew like based on how, I don't know, just whatever came to me, I was like, sure, we'll go to California. Sure, we'll go to Detroit. Um, even the money, I was like, yeah, what'll you pay for it? Great. Whatever's left over is profit. Mm-hmm. With same page, I feel like we went into it um, with, we read the book Profit First, which sounds like a terrible name because it makes it sound like it's anti-people or anti-mission, but it's just the idea financially of, um, I mean, you kind of like pull out profit first in your financials. So you, it's not just what's left over. Mm-hmm. And we kind of went into it with a like, we're going to be a healthy financial business. And um, I think that's a huge reason why it hasn't been as stressful is it's not just like, oh, I wonder what we'll have at the end of the month. It's like, right. we know and we've got reserves and it's just a healthy business. Mm-hmm. So 
would highly recommend that book. Um, and then just kind of approaching it that way. Uh, I think a partner is, has been huge. And we had an agreement drawn up, but we also made a common sense agreement just in a Google Doc. We laugh that it's like, if I was hit by a truck, I would want my husband to see this and just know what are the things Matt and I have agreed on and that we're on the same page about. Um, and so that's been great. Um, we have recurring revenue with that same page. Uh, we have clients that sign on and they're with us for, you know, we've got some now that have just crossed the year mark with us and hopefully they'll be with us forever and always. Yeah. But Big Fake Wedding was just a constant like, all right, do this one event. Okay, now we're in a new city, do this event. And um, recurring revenue has been lovely. Um, on the fluffy side of things, I would say that identity piece is different and i i mean that my whole 20s i feel like when i went into a room or a networking event it was like there's callie from the big fake wedding and now i mean people know what i do somewhat but it's like i don't know i feel like i have a whole different identity outside of my work and that just feels healthy yeah i'm proud of it and hope it does well but ultimately i just don't feel like at my funeral they're going to talk about this business you know what i mean like i and that's felt healthy for me. Yeah, oh, that's so good. And I think um, just hearing those lessons learned from you is so important because, um, you know, especially if you've launched something from the ground up, you can tend to associate it very deeply and closely with your identity. And separating that is, is so healthy. And uh, a couple of episodes ago, we had my executive coach on the podcast and she was talking all about the idea of peace over performance. And um, the way she would put it is like, some of us put the whole shooting match right on our job or our thing. And once that's gone away, it's like we feel stripped down to nothing. And so the idea that you're more than your job, you're more than just the, the company you started or what you launched, you're so much more than that. Um, I think that's important for us to pause and hear uh, every once in a while because we can we can all do that. No matter what our job is, we can we can put all this weight on it that shouldn't be there. And I think I felt that after the big fake wedding, like I was, I think I was terrified that last year of like, without this, who am I? Will people love me? All of that. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like afterwards it was like, oh yeah, I still have value in this world. It doesn't change anything from my husband, my family, my friends, my kids couldn't care less. If anything, I think they were like, great, you're more present with us. <laughs> uh, so I think that's been healthy too. Like, yeah. I, I hope same page is, wildly successful but if it goes up in flames i feel like i'll i know i'll be okay you know it's interesting too to hear you just talk about this because um this is this is just such an important thing i think as we talk to entrepreneurs about their journey and kind of taking in um the big picture and not a small picture and i and i love that that you've you've started to do that to kind of almost zoom out and to, to not be so and we can all get really like tunnel vision so focused on our thing, the thing we're doing, the thing we're launching, uh, but just zoom out. And I like what you said, because it's almost like looking over the entire span of my life, like these things are important, but they don't make and break who I am. And, you know, I even think about you with the big fake wedding. I mean, you kind of gained like a little bit of like a celebrity status too. And that can feel not only weird to have that, but then weird when it's like gone. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, there would be little like networking things around Atlanta where I feel like, yeah, people would recognize sounds ridiculous because it wasn't that, but it was like, a, oh, I know who you are because of this. And 
Um, and sometimes I would go, oh, no, do you think good things or bad things? Like, <laughs> is that insecurity of what does that mean? Um, and yeah, I think, I think it's so healthy for us to, it, not just to be related to what we do, um, but for the relationships we've cultivated or who we are and all of that. I love that. Um, this time went way too fast. <laughs> um, I'm curious what final thoughts you would have for our listeners. Oh, okay. This might be a curveball, but I, I don't know that we touched on it um, a ton, but I think mentorship and just community around entrepreneurship is so vital. And um, I mentioned that mentor that I have, um, and that was like a very intentional, like I asked a couple people, like I want to meet with a mom who shares, you know, similar values to me, who has started and led a business. And it took a while to like get connected to the right person, but Shannon has just been an unbelievable gift. And um, I have a group of girls that I can text that are also business owners. That's been great. Um, and then of course, having this business partner is wonderful. Um, my husband and friends, I mean, like, it's just good to I like talk about things, whether it's the stressful things or processing through even the um, happy things. So uh, yeah, I think it just can't happen by yourself. That's you know? so good. That's a good final thought. And I think we need to, we need to hear that. I think we cannot go into war alone. And honestly, entrepreneurship can feel like that sometimes. And I love that you have community of people around you to, to speak into you, give you advice, but have also been are ahead of where you are so that they can show you what the path looks like along the way. That's so important. Yeah. Where can people find you? Like, so tell us, you know, where uh, your company URL, tell us where they can follow you personally. Yeah. So same page is, um, that's where my business energy goes these days. So that's samepagehr.com. Um, and then personally, I mean, I guess LinkedIn, I've got an Instagram that's, I barely touch, but it has some wacky stuff and, um, that would just be Callie Murray. Well, so good to talk to you today and good to talk to you again because we we got to talk a little while ago and was excited to to do this podcast with you. So thanks for your time today. Thanks, Natalie. Well, to our listeners, thank you for joining the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Remember, don't just get out of the box, break the box and set it on fire. Let's go transform something. Thank you for joining us for the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Innovation Meets Leadership. And visit our site at innovationmeetsleadership.com for more innovation resources. Hey, my new book is out, Set It on Fire, The Art of Innovation. Click on the link to learn more. And don't just get out of the box. Break the box and set it on fire. Let's go transform something.